Hello and welcome to episode 8 of the Semi-Cinematic Podcast. My name is Hunter. My name is John. My name is Max. All right, and this week we're going to be going through our lists of the top five crime films that each of us have seen for the first time this year. Um, we were going to do a top five uh, first-time-watched film noirs, but to make it a little bit easier on all of us, we decided to go with just crime movies. I think that was the right choice. Do you guys agree? Yeah, well, yeah. mine are mostly wound up being noirs anyway, but I think a fifth one would have been a, a bit of a stretch. So it was just easier to look at a list of crime movies that weren't also Italian comedies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> it's a good, I mean, it's a good genre, but no, it, it did help to open it up a little bit and then um, kind of made it more uh, entertaining to go through the year and, and pick some that I maybe not, maybe wouldn't have chosen before. Yeah. And we're, we're also going to talk about what we've been watching recently and uh, Max is going to give his stand pick of the week, and John's going to have a, a free stream for us. Before we get into what we've been watching recently, we do have to talk about Black Friday. Now, this is the most important day of the year for Blu-ray buyers. <laughs> did uh, did you guys pick up any Blu-rays or take advantage of any great deals? Max, I'm not a, I'm not a Blu-ray buyer yet, so I'm still I'm still uh, unscathed by this. Uh, obsession that would would happen to me if i did start because i wouldn't be able to stop you've stayed pure so far so far yeah that's good it only takes it only takes one special edition (laughs) 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 and then it's all over for me that's true it breaks the seal (laughs) um you know i here's the thing is classic film blu-ray purchasers might know is that you know criterion does a a sale with barnes and noble um through the month of november so i actually um did some some early black friday um back when the the sale first started and uh, picked up some some criterion blu-rays um the innocence and the life and death of colonel blimp um to name a few but I did not do any, you know, day of Black Friday shopping. Nice. Yeah, I don't think I did any day of. I think on maybe on Sunday morning. I can't remember. But I, I did pick up nine Blu-rays from the Vinegar Syndrome sale. And I've only seen two of the movies. So it's kind of a risky purchase. But um, they're movies that I can't find streaming anywhere. And one great thing about Vinegar Syndrome is when their movies go out of print, they're like the only company whose Blu-rays appreciate and value pretty greatly, like almost immediately. So even if I don't like them, I think I could sell them and make a profit. Yeah, and I went pretty slasher heavy, so I think, I think I'll enjoy most of what I'm getting. I got Hulu for a year for, uh, what is it, 12 bucks? Wait, is that right? Yeah, yeah. No, yeah it's, yeah, it's an awesome deal. Yeah, that was thanks to you, Hunter, I think. It's one of you guys. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I think I did text y'all when I see it. Now, I didn't actually get the deal just because I just don't want another streaming service to scroll through. Yeah, I already had Hulu, so I just canceled it and re-upped with, uh, oh, sorry, Hulu, a different email. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be so disappointed to, to hear yeah. while they're listening. <laughs> um, no, I did the same thing, though. We, 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 we had it prior and then just now jenny has it as opposed to me nice yeah well done all right so let's get into what we've been watching recently and john let's start with you uh oh i watched um (laughs) i watched uh i can't say i watched all of it because i was on a date at someone's house and like it wasn't like super focused but i watched most of red notice and it is trash oh i'm I'm sure it is it is i haven't seen like a like a trash movie that wasn't wasn't like ironically fun or like just they were trying really hard but had a low budget it's just like it's one of those it feels like they're all mailing it in even though uh, uh, if you look at Instagram, it looks like they had fun making it, but it's just uh, it's just trash, really bad. I mean, uh, it makes it makes me not like Ryan Reynolds at all. I, I don't have a problem with him in general, but in this movie, his jokes are just so 
just like Instagram jokes. I hate jokes that are like this hyper specific where they'll never stand the test of time. It's just, it's pretty bad. I gave it two stars. If I had seen all of it, I probably would have given it one star. <laughs> it's pretty bad. Pretty, it's just really stupid. <laughs> I gotta say. I, I'm sure people may have had fun with it, but it, it just seems, I don't know, it just seems really garbagey. I'm not really this harsh, but I did not like it. Even like when I wasn't paying attention, I could hear that the lines were just like pulsating my ear with the, as like rolling my eyes. I got a headache from rolling my eyes. It's, it was rough, very rough. So yeah, I'll skip that one for sure. Something that um, after that actually, I watched another dud. But I'm not gonna. Well, I watched Cosmopolis, Cronenberg movie from 2012. I didn't really enjoy that either. But I don't really want to talk about that. I watched Ten to Midnight from 1983, the uh, Charles Bronson movie with the uh, naked killer. It was yeah pretty awesome. I just realized I love Charles Bronson. I just like I like watching him interact with people. He has like this kind of I don't give a fuck attitude. <laughs> it's pretty great. Um, I probably gave this a half star more than it deserved, but I had so much fun watching it. I gave it four out of five. Um, and I really liked that. Uh, was it, is it Jay Lee Thompson? Jay? Yeah. Yeah. Movies, a couple movies I've seen of his, I've really, really enjoyed. There's just something about, he just does some interesting things. Um, it's kind of a crime slasher mix. Um, but there's some good performances. There's some bad performances. There's this one lady in an office. She gets a phone call that someone died. She's like, Kathy died. Oh, <laughs> it's pretty, it's pretty rough. But um, overall, really fun. And uh, I was in a generous mood, so I gave it four. And then um, one more. Oh, I watched, uh, it's going to probably, this is also going to be in my top five of the year for crime. I watched Panique from 1946. I uh, directed by Julien Duvivier. Du, Duvivier. Ah. Don't Duvivier. ask me. You know I'm terrible. <laughs> Duvivier? I don't know. Um, That'll work. It has one of my least favorite things, an angry mob, but some really compelling performances. It's kind of a French film noir in a way. Um right after World War II, and there's some themes in there that are kind of like post-World War II themes. Um, really good, really good performances, really compelling, and uh, a little bit heartbreaking. Uh, kind of a surprise. I, I kind of just stumbled upon it based on one of the, the lead actors that I enjoyed in something else, and uh, yeah, I was really pleasantly surprised. Um, and it made, I think it made it made my top five for the year. So that was a nice little bonus to my week after red notice was such garbage. <laughs> and that's what I watched this week. Yeah. A little palate cleanser. Yes. Much needed for sure. Yeah. I, I saw that you watched 10 to midnight. I've never seen it, but I think it's on Amazon prime. So I definitely, that's definitely one I want to check out. It is. I think you'll enjoy it. it it's, it's a little bit trashy, but also has enough, good stuff to it it's a nice mix of both yeah i'm looking forward to that one. Oh, also on that there's um there's a caller like a um what would you call it uh someone like being like harassing a, a woman on the phone like a dirty caller and oh, okay it's more graphic than i thought it would be and i was like hmm impressive <laughs> it wasn't just breathing <laughs> they're like the things that the guy said i was like I haven't heard that in a movie before. I, I was uh, impressed by that, which is a very weird thing to say, but I'll stand by it. <laughs> I won't say I won't say what he said, but it's uh, he was like, "Oh, wow." <laughs> anyway, yeah, good luck sounds with that. Good. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm looking us, forward to that one for sure. Let us know what you think. All right, and Max, what did you uh, watch recently? Yeah, I've had a pretty pretty fun week. Um, nothing nothing too trashy. Um, compared to Red Notice, but <laughs> uh, I finally got around to watching *Malignant*. 
um, uh, a month or so removed. But yeah, that was uh, that was fun. I think I might bump it up. Uh, I gave it a four, but I was just very disinterested in that movie for about the first mm, 20, 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was all in. Yeah, I, <laughs> I've got to see this. I still haven't seen it. I don't know anything about it except I think it's James Wan, right? It mm-hmm. is, yeah, yeah. But but based on what both of you have said, I've got to see this this week. It, yeah, I I, I don't know how to. I mean, Hunter, you you've seen it, so you can speak into this. But yeah, I, I don't know how to explain it. But just such a weird phenomena of like. Being you know, again, like not just not like like uh, I don't know if I really want to finish this. I'm not really interested in this. And then something in the story happens, and it's just like, all right, I'm in. Like let's let's finish this thing, and it just goes nuts. Um, there's some some really cool scenes that were uh, just really entertaining. Um, the the killer and the the or the I guess the monster and the, the presentation of uh, that monster is, is just compelling. Um, so it was fun. I, I, I enjoyed Malignant a, a good bit and, and relatively few jump scares. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Nice. Yeah. That's a, that's a good one. I, I really enjoyed Malignant. It's, it's a must watch for, for 2021. If, if you, if you haven't seen it yet, then, you're just wasting time. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe tonight. Maybe tonight. If we, uh, you know, tonight's relatively not that late. I might, I might sneak it in. I'm compelled. It, it, yeah, it's good. Is it on HBO Max again? It, I think, left not too long ago. Um, I, I rented it. Oh, okay, cool. I had a coupon, so. But that was malignant. Uh, I watched uh, a classic. Uh, an American in Paris. Again, that's just one that, or it's becoming one, I should say, that you know I can just kind of throw on, needing something, you know, just again, kind of like a, like, a, like a palate cleanser, and just the visuals, um, the the music, uh, Minelli. I don't know. There's something about his movies for me in this in this time of my life right now. Where and this is probably like you know, Hunter's influence, but um, they're just great to throw on and they're entertaining they're engaging the performances are always just you know fun to watch the and then after that i watched yeah after finishing that i was inspired to do um a a, a viewing of la la land and again you know, the parallels between the the finale of an american in paris and in la la land are, are very clear but always a fun watch that's that's quickly cementing itself as my number one. I, I'm amazed there's something that you enjoy more than Interstellar, but I support your affection for La La Land. I, I love that movie too. I also love it. My favorite of that year for sure, and it's definitely in my like top hundred. It's it's in my top three thousand. There's no question <laughs> about it. Listen, that's a, that's a milestone. Yeah, right. Any, yeah, anything in the in the in the you know. Especially the th- you know, top three thousand, but yeah, yeah I, I didn't think the day would come. But you know, again, Interstellar has a special place in my heart. You know, I'll always cry when Matt, when Matt McConaughey uh, returns to the ship and, and and realizes how much time has gone by. But um, <laughs> it just isn't a it isn't like an every season watch the way that La La Land, La La Land is. Where again, it doesn't matter you know, what day of the week or what month of the year, you know that can just get thrown on, and and I'm 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 fully committed. So, uh, Interstellar again, it's a firm number two right now. Who knows? It, it may swap, but yeah, it's uh you know these things happen. Yeah, absolutely. Did you uh, did you watch anything else? Uh, and then a couple older ones. Um, I watched the Hucksters. Uh, again, starring my my favorite of this year, Deborah Carr. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> and Clark Gable. Uh, that uh, it was a. Uh, I I, I was wanting to finish the collection. No, I gave it three and a half. It was it was it was a fun watch. Um, 
you know, trying to not suffer from uh, trying to cure my classitosis. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there's something about like the kind of like high and mighty uh, air that some of these older movies have. Um, you know, Clark Gable's uh, advertising executive who comes back from the, from World War II and, and is attempting to make his way back into the business, and you know he finds out that he's not interested in being um, the aforementioned huckster that he used to be, and it's fine. It was fun, but um, just try to complete that collection on Criterion Channel, you know, of, of yeah. the Deborah Carr. So. Yeah, that that was good. And then I watched um, The Thief of Baghdad, which I don't know if you guys have seen that. Um, that's a, a Michael Powell. Oh, yeah, it is a Powell Pressburger movie, right? Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, 19, 1940. It's been made a fair, a fair bit. Um, but this one's got that kind of trademark Technicolor um just really really pretty to look at um in a in a fun story good performances and again more just kind of like a, a call it call it easy listening easy easy watching easy on the eyes there's a hilarious scene of of the genie i think played by Rex Ingram where you know they 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 need to go fly somewhere and he just kind of takes off running on the beach and then just slowly jumps up into the air and, and, and takes off. It's that alone is a star bump. Um, <laughs> in terms of, in terms of the effects work for 1940. But uh, other than that, that that's it for me. Nice. All right. Well, I went on a bit of a, a fantasy kick for a little, for a while after rewatching the Beastmaster. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I rewatched uh crawl. And I like Crawl a lot. I, I think it looks amazing. It's uh, shot by Peter Su- Sushitsky, I believe, is how you say it. <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> Who, um, who's a cinematographer on Empire Strikes Back. And he also, he shot a lot of David Cronenberg movies. Oh, nice. The score is like one of the most triumphant scores I can think of. It's, by, it's an early James Horner score. And it, it's, it's pretty amazing. Um, I, I think it might be a little overlong, but I think it's it it looks great and it's pretty fun, and like Beastmaster, you know, in and this uh, and another fantasy movie I'm going to talk about, the performances aren't great, but I think it's it's fine, especially in Crawl because it's kind of more of a family movie. But yeah, it's definitely enjoyed rewatching it, and it, that was on the Mill Creek uh, Blu-ray release, and it looks really good. And then I followed up Crawl with another fantasy movie called Dragon Slayer. And this movie has a pretty impressive crew. It's uh, Derek Van Lent, who was the DP on Alien, shot it. And it looks it looks really nice. And uh, the visual effects are by Phil Tepet, who worked on the effects for Jurassic Park and RoboCop. Oh, nice. And the score is by Alex North. And... and um, he worked for a long time. I think his first score might have been for A Streetcar Named Desire. But he also did the, the score for Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And then the sound design is by Walter Murch. And there's a scene where a dragonfly, a real dragonfly, is kind of flying close to the camera. And the sound design is like very aggressive for the dragonfly w- wings. <laughs> and... I wondered while I was watching this, is this Walter Murch on sound design? <laughs> oh, before and, you knew? Um, and this is before I knew, because the wing sound for the dragonfly is very similar to the uh, the ceiling fan sound in Apocalypse Now, and Walter Murch did the sound design for that movie. But yeah, so he did the sound design for Dragon Slayer, and, and I like Dragon Slayer quite a bit. It was... Uh, it's it's even more of a family movie than maybe Crawl, but like early '80s PG movies, it does have you know some nudity in it, which is kind of I guess makes it less of a family movie. And the dragons um, smoke cigarettes. Oh yeah, the dragon. Yeah, he he smokes a pack a day, easy. Yeah, I I'd recommend it. I think I watched it on 
I think it's on Canopy. Oh, nice. Oh, it um, says uh, Disney Studios. Yes, yeah, it is a Disney movie. Hmm. Who knew? Well, we do now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I rewatched a couple a couple uh, favorites. I rewatched Big Trouble in Little China. I think Kurt Russell is hilarious in this. Kurt Russell in a comedic role, I just love. In this, and then in uh, Tango and Cash, he is so funny. I mean, when he's angry, it's like my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> and and Big Trouble in Little China, I mean, that's probably up there with the thing for me. It's probably like my top, my top Carpenter movies. And then I rewatched uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I, I've now seen it nine times. Oof. Yeah, nice. baby. And any time I have two hours and 40 minutes of free time, it, I, I think about watching it. I mean, I just, I, I love the movie. I think it's so funny. I love the performances. And I don't, I don't think it's a perfect movie, but I do think once it gets to the Lancer set i think like from the lancer set through the end of the movie it's as good as a movie can can get i just love it yeah and i watched it on on the 4k and uh and it looks tremendous and then last okay i'm gonna talk (laughs) about an incredibly strange movie i watched called disconnected Ooh. okay have either of you guys heard of this no no Mm mm-mm all right, well, it was released in 1984, and I'm going to call it a slasher, and I think other people consider it to be a slasher as well. But it is not your average slasher. I, I actually can't even see it being that appealing to too many people. But it, It's I on my watch was, list, apparently. So oh, okay. I, I don't know where I heard of it, but sorry. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do think... I, I can't see this having appeal to too many people but i thought it was mesmerizing <laughs> like the oh. the soundtrack the sound design and the editing create like a pretty unique cult movie experience i think and the songs uh, i mean they must be by lesser known new wave bands and i didn't look up any of the bands so unfortunately i don't know who they are but <laughs> the uh the music just adds so much to the vibe of the movie and the main character, she receives a bunch of kind of unsettling phone calls throughout the movie. But it's not done like the way they are done in, in Black Christmas. It's, it's more just unusual sound. And there, oh. there might be a voice in there as well. I kind of can't tell. The sound is just so weird. <laughs> but I don't know. Somehow it all comes together and creates this kind of nightmare logic of a slasher movie. I mean, it, it may, I, could see, I could see it coming across as being amateurish, potentially, because the editing is very choppy and weird. But I don't know. I, I got kind of a lot out of it. Yeah, definitely. It's not going to be for everyone, but if you're interested in checking out a pretty bizarre <laughs> or, um, 80s slasher, definitely give it a shot. It is streaming on Tubi. And one thing that's kind of interesting is... The lead actress, her name is Frances Raines, and she's also in The Mutilator, but she's Claude Raines' niece. And you would think that Claude Raines' niece could get (laughs) into something that's more of a legitimate movie, but I don't know. It's just such a, it's a really weird movie, but I'd definitely be curious to see what you guys thought of it if you guys end up checking it out. I'll watch it this week for sure. I'm, I'm convinced now you might hate it. That's fine. But it's a it's just such a weird unique experience. Like there's really nothing I can't think of anything to compare it to. Maybe Repulsion. I love Repulsion. I would say it's influenced by it, but this lacks the uh the artistry that, you know, Polanski has. But no, definitely uh pretty interesting movie. All right, and then that's it for my recently watch so all right guys are you guys ready to get into the top five first time crime watch crime watches <laughs> i've got i've got them written down in order i'm ready <laughs> sounds good now i do want to say like 
this list, the bottom three, the order could easily change. I like them all pretty much equally. Yeah, I had the same issue there. It's tough. Yeah, yeah, it's not easy. Especially watching them like different time. If you have, if you don't watch them like near the same time, it's kind of hard to get the full feeling of like when you just watched it of how much you liked it. Even if you star rate it, it's still like there's only so many star ratings, you know. Like a four, it's like I know I liked it a lot, but if I don't write a review, I'm not totally sure why <laughs> I liked it so much. Yeah, yeah. Like one movie on my list, I haven't seen since March. And so, you know, I can't, you know, cite specifically, you know, what I really enjoyed about it. And it's also hard to compare to, like, one movie on my list I watched this morning. Yeah. All right. And now, are we going to rotate? Are we going to each do our five and each do our four? That's what we did last time, right? Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. Well, Max, let's start with you. What's what's your number five? So my number five... um, hard to narrow it down but uh, not too long ago but it's 1946's uh the postman always rings twice uh, directed by tay garnett and starring lana turner and john garfield um this was uh just one of those classic films you always hear about and you know i, I think it's just it's t- like I think we've talked about this before, but it's hard with some of these movies where you, you've heard so much about them. Um, you know, sometimes you, you finally get around to watching them, and they don't really live up to the, the hype, um, and you're just kind of left wondering like why is this so highly rated? But that was not the case, and I, I like the story. It went in fun places that I did I wasn't quite expecting, and so yeah, that's my number five. The postman always rings twice. Nice. And uh, John, what's your number five? That almost made my top five. It was super close. Um, I really enjoyed it as well. Uh, I think it was like I was picking between a few. My number five is one that Hunter got me to watch based on his response, and it's King of New York from 1990, directed by Abel Ferreira and starring Christopher Walken and Larry Fishburne. A couple of great lead performances. Um it's it's a little bit, you know, it's nineteen ninety just based on watching it, just like how it looks. It's like it just has like this little bit of a early nineties, late eighties dated feel to it, but it still looks good and the performances are great. It's really compelling. Walken's just amazing. Yeah, I just, I really enjoyed it, but it definitely some films you just have a little bit are a little bit dated just based on the era and how things looked then. But it's not really a detraction. It's just like you're going to know exactly what time period this is when you watch this film. But really enjoyed it. Mm. I have a feeling that's going to show up on somebody else's list. (laughs) 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 All right. So my number five is Revolver. It's uh, directed by Sergio Salima and stars uh, Fabio Testi and Oliver Reed. This is an Italian you know, crime movie, it's, you know, in their, the subgenre, uh, Polizia Teshi. And now this is the movie I watched in March. So all I really remember <laughs> is, um, it has a great score by Inya Morricone, which, you know, he, you know, sneezed out amazing scores. The guy was just amazing. <laughs> and I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure that Tarantino uses a piece of this score in Inglorious Bastards. But, I love Oliver Reed, and um, I think Fabio Testi is he. He's one of my favorite Italian stars of the era. He's in a lot of these Italian crime movies, and I remember. I think the movie kind of meanders a bit in the middle. I remember overall really, really liking it though, and uh, I think I gave it. I think I gave it four stars, um, and it's currently streaming on Tubi. Tubi's nice. hot this week. Yeah, yeah. Tubi has some really. They they just have so much. They have such a wild, you know, co- collection. Always inter- enjoy some Oliver Reed too. He's an interesting one for sure. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. All right, Max, what's your number four? So my number four is uh, a Hunter recommendation, um, but it's where the sidewalk ends. Uh oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> that's on my list too. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Oh boy! 
got some got some crossover. Um, <laughs> it's bound to happen. But directed uh, by Otto Preminger, 1950. Um, this was one of those ones that y- y- you put it on, and I don't know. There's something about these. Cause, and this was in the, the Fox Noir collection um, on, on Criterion, which I don't see it going away anytime soon. Um, so if you've got it, check it out. And if not, pay the 2 $3 that it costs to rent it. But... but um, you know, starring Dana Andrews, Gene Turney, who, yeah, if it weren't for Deborah Carr, she would be up there. Um, she's great. Yeah. This month's, or no, not this month, this year's viewing, um, totals, but, uh, no, just a uh, good story. Um, I, I, that ending, I think was one of the better ones I think I've seen, um, in, in an older movie like this. And so, yeah, a, a firm number four for me. Excellent. Yeah, I need to rewatch that while it's on the Criterion Channel still, because I haven't seen it in a really long time. But yeah, I remember really, really loving that movie. All right, and John, what's your number four? My number four is a wild one. It's uh, from 1984, Body Double by Brian De Palma. Nice. I watched this a couple times, even in the same week. It's just so interesting and kind of weird it's a lot it's just so entertaining it's just some wild stuff going on in there that it's (laughs) i don't know it's just like uh yeah i was just like wow (laughs) i said never seen something quite like it i i think it's even even if it's something that you don't wind up enjoying i think it'll definitely keep you interested there's just some <laughs> just some wild things going on in there. And I, I give it so much extra credit for that. The lead character is kind of a creep, but I found myself still kind of rooting for him, which I respect. Uh, it's just it's just the Palma doing whatever he wants, and then we're just along for the ride. So highly, highly recommended experience. Can't say everyone will love it, but I don't think they'll forget it. Yeah, I haven't seen this one in a long time, but I did buy the Blu-ray, I think, earlier this year. And it's one I, I definitely like to uh, re-watch. Now, I do remember the lead actor. He's not the most uh, charismatic fellow in the world, is he? He's not, but I wound up I wound up liking him. I've seen him in something else, and I liked him. Oh, I think he's in um, Nightmare on Elm Street 3. He's like, the, the um, he helps out the kids or something he's like a teacher oh, maybe yeah 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 he is in that i forgot about that is it is it craig wassum is yes, that his name that's him okay yep. yeah i i like him i don't know like something about him maybe like his lack of charisma he's not like he's not like terrible but i think like that like he's not super like a, like a super movie star not like a denzel you know how denzel he's on screen it's like all right this guy's a star clearly this guy's more like run of the mill but i think that makes it more realistic and you kind of feel for him more with all this crazy stuff he's going through if he was like this super um animated actor it probably would would take away from the craziness of the things he's going through or distract you from that so i kind of felt like he fit this role pretty well yeah and i need to re i need to rewatch it i think it might be uh, barbara crampton's uh first credit i don't even know if she has any lines in the movie but i remember it's one of her early roles at least yeah all right and my number four is a movie i watched this morning it is uh david mamet's homicide oh nice yeah i it's got a great script the opening scene is amazing i mean it really grabs your attention immediately it's shot by roger deakins and uh and of course he's 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 amazing but uh, there is one element of the movie that kind of feels like a detour that I wasn't sure how I felt about it. And I will say, avoid the plot synopsis on Letterboxd. Oh, no. If you, <laughs> if you can. Because it kind of... I don't know. It it, it tells a, an, a, an aspect of the story in the synopsis that I think is kind of a spoiler. Like, it might be better if you don't know it's coming. Yeah. 
But I really liked it. I thought the, I loved the main character and there's an early uh, supporting character role for William H. Macy and I thought he was really good in it. Yeah, and if you're into like procedural crime dramas and like early 90s crime movies, uh, this is one that you, you definitely got to check out. And I think it's on, I think I watched it on the Criterion channel, maybe, or, or maybe Canopy. But yeah, that's, uh, that's it. That's my, my number four. Uh, so, wait, who's that? Is it Max? You're next, right? Number three, yeah. Number three, all right. Yeah, I have to, I'm, it looks like Homicide is on Criterion, so that might, I'm going to have to add that to my watch list here. Yeah, there's some other streaming David Mamet movies that I haven't seen. Like, um, like, like John, I know one that you brought up, Heist. I think that's on Amazon Prime now. All right, all right. I'll say for the first 20 seconds of your Homicide review, I thought you were talking about Heist, and then I figured out that you weren't. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> You know, H one word H titles by Mamet. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't seen Homicide, so I need to see that. It's it's been one I've been wanting to watch for a while. Yeah, I I liked it quite a bit. Is the dialogue really tight? Because it's usually so good with Mamet films. Yeah, the dialogue is very good. Yeah, I was like, I don't remember Macy being in, in Heist, <laughs> but I still believed you. I was like, yeah, I guess he did a good job. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's all part of the fun, but oh, so yeah. So number three for me, um, I, I and I probably got a bump because I am curious to see the uh, remake this month. But my number three is 1947's Nightmare Alley, uh, directed by Edmund Golding, and starring Tyrone Power, uh, Joan Blondell, Colleen Gray. Uh, it's got a, a pretty stellar cast, um, and I. Tyrone Power was a new um, kind of actor for me uh, this year specifically, and yeah, he's uh, his something about his performances are just um, pretty engaging, pretty interesting to watch, and and I, I you know, I, again, I think I think it's the hard part of like watching, you know, a nineteen forties movie in, in you know the twenty twenties, um, but this one gets you know, reviewed fairly often for, for being pretty, um, kind of on the edge in terms of its content. And I, and I don't quite understand or, you know, because again, it's, it's so tame compared to, you know, what's you know on, on screen today, but I don't know. I mean, I, I guess I can kind of see how some of the things that they talk about kind of, you know, blur the line, um, in terms of, you know, decency and, and, and whatnot, but this was yeah, just a a really a really good watch, and I, I believe it's still on the Criterion Channel. Um, yeah, it is for for however long their their Fox Noir collection is on there. But yeah, that's my that's my number three. Nice. Yeah, I, I think Nightmare Alley is awesome. I haven't seen it in a in a long time, but I I like Tyrone Power quite a bit. I think Nightmare Alley was the first movie he made after he got back from uh yeah he 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 fought in world war ii and he wanted to make like darker movies when, when he got back and that was like the first material he he selected but yeah he's also ha, have we talked about the razor's edge have you seen that i have yeah I, that's I think, a good one yeah i remember that. i i i really like that one that's that's where he like he is uh gene tierney right yeah, Gene Tierney's in that one, mm-hmm. and he goes away and comes back ten years later, and she understandably is still obsessed with him. But <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but yeah, no, he, yeah, he's he's got some stellar performances. Um, yeah, another good one is uh, he's in kind of a swashbuck, uh, swashbuckler called uh, Black Swan, with uh, it's him and Maureen O'Hara. That's that's a pretty fun movie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, and nice. Laird Laird Krieger. Yeah, good old Laird. That's a cool. I like that name a lot. I know. I was. I he has a sad story. We can, we can go into that later. But I was kind I'm of. Look, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> no, he was in a few that I watched in the um, that same noir collection. Um, but anyway, so my number three, Nightmare Alley. Moving on. Nice. 
All right, and John, what's your number three? I almost watched Nightmare Alley last night, but the running time was too long. I needed something 90 minutes or less, so I watched The Big Combo instead, which I enjoyed. Uh, good, solid noir, but in that movie, towards the end, this guy, the bad guy, who was really, really great, he just started, like, doing these weird... I don't know. He, like, he like hemmed it up at the end and took a little away from me. He was so good until the end, and he just got real hammy. I don't know what happened there. But uh, my number three is Where the Sidewalk Ends, 1950. Auto Prem. <laughs> I really enjoyed how it's from the perspective of the police detective more than it is of the criminals for a noir and uh, really compelling ending like Max said just a really solid really solid movie all around like no real I don't really have any faults with it it's just really really solid good crime noir film it's just really well made I, I just I really like Preminger I mean I, like I said before I know he's a dick but <laughs> He puts out some quality content, I gotta say. And, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a good one. That Hunter got me onto that one as well. I know he liked it. Didn't you, like, watch it when you were a kid? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, really, really solid. Nice. So my number three is Hitchhike, which is a movie I talked about in an earlier episode. It's another Italian movie, and it's scored by Ennio Morricone. And it stars Franco Nero, Corinne Cleary, and David Hess. Uh, Franco and Cleary, they play an unhappily married couple who pick up David Hess's character, who is uh, hitchhiking. And you know, as we all know, any encounter with David Hess in a movie is going to be bad for you, uh, <laughs> for your for your mental and and physical health. And this is a this is a this is a pretty rough movie, but I, I think it's I think it's very effective. And the director, his name, I think it's Pasquale Festa Campanilli. I'll go with Campanilli. I don't know how you say that, though. Um, oh, yeah. Mm-mm. He co-wrote a couple Lucino Visconti movies, The Leopard and Rocco and His Brothers. And it's kind of interesting to see him go from kind of these highbrow classics to like really edgy genre movies. I mean, this is a pretty... It's a it's a tough watch, but I I, I think uh, I I do think it's really well done, and it is I think this one's on Canopy. It's either Canopy or Criterion Collection, but I liked it quite a bit. It's like Canopy, yeah. Y'all got to look up on Letterbox. You got to look up David Hess's picture. Oh, it it's is. good. The body knows. Yeah. <laughs> I just want you to know what you're getting uh, into. Yeah, it is. It, it does feel. It does feel accurate. All right, and um, Max, what's your uh, number two? Number two, we jump uh, several decades ahead, um, out of the '40s into the 2000s, and I went with 2016's Hell or High Water. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had never seen this, um, directed by David McKenzie and starring uh, Chris Pine, uh, Jeff Bridges, Ben Foster, and yeah, this was a this was a five star watch for me. Maybe I I, I I think I've only ever seen Chris Pine in his you know big budget you know um, you know tentpole movies, uh, Wonder Woman, Star Trek, and I. I remember this movie coming out, you know, it's only been a few years, but I just never had seen it. But, um, yeah, just a, just a kind of Western, I don't know what you would call it, you know, kind of the, the modern desolate West and, uh, what it takes to get by. So that was, uh, that was my number two. Nice. Yeah. I remember liking that movie quite a bit. It's the, isn't it the directorial debut of the, Screenwriter of Sicario. Um, it is that, very possible. That sounds entirely accurate. Yes, I'm going to say yes on that. Nice. And who is it? Ben Foster. Does that? Does he play um, Chris Pine's brother? Yes. Yep. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah, I remember him being pretty good in that. He's good. He's he's just yeah. He's a good actor for sure. He's you, yeah. He's kind of a mouse character, kind of the unhinged. You just don't know what he's going to do. Yeah. And there's some scenes where, I mean, more so, you know, towards the end of the movie, 
um, you know, as they're being chased by by the police. Just an interesting concept too. I mean, they're not. I think the way that they go about, um, you know, these these robberies and and then how they you know kind of move the money um, was an interesting kind of twist on on a on a classic you know bank heist movie. Uh, so yeah, no, he, all all very watchable, all very, all very fun. Jeff Bridges as the as the old cop was a good performance. So yeah, affirm solid number two. All right, and John, what what's your uh, number two pick? I gotta say, it's a great diner scene in Hell or High Water. Check it out. That waitress is gold. My number two, I talked about already in today's episode, but that's the price you pay when you watch something day of. It's Panique from 1946. Michel Simon is a great actor. I gotta watch more of his stuff. He's two for two, and I'm ready to see some more. Yeah, it was a four and a half star watch for me. And um, it, it'll it'll get you. It has, it, it's a little it's a little gut wrenching at points. So if you feel like some some uh, emotional pain that's not your own, check it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good that's a good recommendation there. Some solid sell. Yeah. Watch someone else's torment. All right, and my number two is this, now. This is my third. And final Italian movie on the list. <laughs> this is uh, uh, Massimo Dallamano's What Have They Done to Your Daughters? Yes. <laughs> Those titles. I'm a huge fan of uh, Dallamano. And this is almost on par with a movie that I think is his, his... Well, it would be my favorite movie of his, is What Have You Done to Solange? Um, um, but What Have They Done to Your Daughters is kind of a... a Mixed between a Jallo and a Polizia Teshi. It's really well directed. There's an amazing chase scene in the movie with some great camera work. There's this one shot where the camera is mounted to a, a motorcycle and the shakiness and the speed of it makes the chase feel like pretty dangerous. And it's it's really exciting to watch. The story, and, and, and so far with every Dalamana movie I've seen, it, this is kind of how it is. But the story is a pretty... It's a pretty unpleasant <laughs> uh, movie, but it's not its not as grim or as depressing as uh, Solange, but I, I, I really, really like this movie. I watched the, uh, the Arrow Blu-ray. I don't think this is streaming anywhere, because I think I, pi- I picked up the Blu-ray and it was a blind buy, but it's a great Blu-ray. There's some... So there's some good special features. There's a, there's a, uh, a video essay by Kat Ellinger. And I, she's probably one of my favorite like film historians right now. She does a lot of video essays and commentaries for Blu-rays, and I, I always really enjoy her uh, kind of her... What do they call those? Supplements? Special features? Special features, yeah. Any Anything that she does on a, uh, for, for Blu-ray uh, releases is always pretty strong. I wouldn't know yet. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. Yeah, it might happen. All right, Max, what uh, Deborah Carr movie is number one? Is she? Does she? Has she made any crime films? It's the one where she's a, she's a hard nosed cop, right? Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Carr, De Niro, <laughs> <laughs> Side of Grit, Side of Grits. So I called. don't. I don't know. If she, uh, now I'm looking through. I. I, mm, I don't know. I, I guess you could call Casino Royale. A crime film, um, but regardless, she was not my number one. Um, okay. I you'll you can you can rest easy. Thank you. Uh, yeah, no my my number one crime film movie first watch of the year. It probably shouldn't have been a first watch, but it is what it is. But it's 1995's Heat, directed by Michael Mann. I was a little surprised that I had never seen this movie before. And, you know, when coming up with the list and, and what, you know, need, needed to be number one, it was pretty clear that Heat was it. I don't know what else to say about this movie that, if you haven't seen it, hasn't been said. I will say I found a, an interesting fact just perusing social media um, the other week where apparently... Um, 
you know, Michael Mann is known for his realistic gunfire um, and, and gun scenes. But, you know, apparently in, in Heat, Val Kilmer um, does a rapid reload that is so accurate and, and, and so well executed. They actually um, show it or used to show it to the military. Um, wow. That's cool. Which I, I thought was pretty interesting that, that they that they would use that to show um, how to properly do a speed reload um, as well as firing uh, your weapon while retreating. Um, the the proper you know, method for that. So just a fun little fun fact that I uh, came across. But yeah, I I, I I bought the Blu-ray for this movie, so I, I definitely want to rewatch this um, fairly soon. Um, but yeah, that's my number one. Yeah, I haven't seen Heat in a long time, but I remember, remember liking it. Is Natalie Portman is she Pacino's daughter in that movie? Yes. Okay, yeah. mm-hmm. that's right. That's not her. Is that her first movie, or was she in The Professional before that? I think The Professional was the first one. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah. That was ninety ninety four, and this was yeah, this was ninety five. So. Okay. All right, and uh, John, what's your number one? I've been wanting to watch rewatch Heat because I know I liked it, but it's been forever for me too. So I I don't even really remember much about it except for like there's a scene at an airport <laughs> at some point. True. Uh, I remember I remember Val Kilmer's hair. <laughs> He's got good hair. Yeah. But speaking of Heat, my number one is Ooh. Body Heat. Nice. Eighty-one. Larry Kasdan. <laughs> what an experience this film is. It's got it all. It's got it's funny in parts, dancing, dancing, dancing. It's got so much sweat. It's got romance. It's got twists. It's got it all. Easy five stars. Both times I watched it. Love it so much. Clear number one for me. Can't wait to watch it again. But, you know, not this week or anything. But, you know, in general, can't wait to watch it again. <laughs> Absolutely loved it. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. I love it, too. All right. My number one, this uh, won't be a, a surprise. It's one of the, one of only a handful of five-star first-time watches I had this year. This is uh, April Ferrara's King of New York. Yeah. Um. I love Walken. This might be my favorite Walken role. I, I I haven't seen, I haven't seen too many of his movies from the '90s. I loved him in this, and Ferrara's direction is really good. And I think I talked about this already, but I love that it's not like a a gangster epic like The Godfather or Goodfellas, which I I, I love I love those movies too. But it's nice to have kind of a classic crime movie that's. I don't even think it's an hour and. It might be an hour and 50 minutes or something. It's under two hours, I would think. Yeah, I never lost interest for a second. I mean, I was uh, absorbed the entire time. Yeah, it's earned a spot in my my top 3,000 um, pretty <laughs> easily. <laughs> and I think this is on Criterion and Canopy. But yeah, I think it's a, a must-see, especially, I mean, if you're into gangster movies, I think that there's a lot to enjoy. In, uh, in King of New York. Walken is so good in this movie. There's even a scene where he's washing his hair that he makes interesting. He like... Yeah, he's... He grips the sides of his head, of his hair, and kind of like swirls them. Look out for it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> I pointed out to someone and they were like, yeah, that's really interesting they did that. <laughs> this is on uh, my list for sure. I, I'll have to watch it before before it disappears. All right, and that brings us to, um, this is kind of the moment we've all been waiting for. It's Max's stand pick of the week. What do you got? Well, (laughs) seeing as how um, December is is quickly approaching, or it's here, you know, either way. It's it's cold, icicle fingers are here. It's felt like December some of these mornings for, yeah, the past few weeks, but no, the stamp pick of the week is going to be Christmas in Connecticut. Again, something to get you in the season. I feel like most people probably haven't heard of this one. Um, 1945, directed by Peter Godfrey, um, starring the aforementioned Barbara Stanwyck, uh, Dennis Morgan, Sidney Greenstreet, 
Uh, it's it is streaming. If you have cable, it is on the TCM um, app, and then as well as Spectrum. But you know, for a a small contribution of two ninety nine to the lowly um, company known as Apple, you can uh, rent this for yourself. So that is my stand pick of the week. Nice. Do we want to talk about the idea of also being able to choose a Deborah Carr movie, but still calling it the stand pick of the week? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I guess the new year is approaching. So, you know, we could retire the stand pick and then move into the. Oh, my God. Call it the the car pick or the The CarMax. 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 The Brought yeah, Carmax instant sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we can talk about it later, but uh, car choice. Yeah, well, mm. well, that sounds like an in, a, a, an inoffensive, uh, charming film. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, it's 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 Christmas time. We, we've got to balance it out with the the whatever. Yeah, Silent Night, Deadly Night. Yeah, <laughs> the Splashers, the one where Tim Allen is Santa Claus. <laughs> or the few of the or the one where Kurt Russell Santa Claus I watched that one last year oh I haven't seen that one oh the Christmas Chronicles good. yeah he's, he's he's a pretty good Santa I gotta say no I believe it goes he's, to jail he's good at everything yeah he's 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 got it all he does yeah he holds he holds his own all right, and John, do you have a uh, free stream ready to go I do it's uh it's on Tubi and Canopy It's uh, from 2014. It's called Breathe, directed by Melanie Laurent. The synopsis is, Charlie, a 17-year-old girl tortured by doubt, is thrilled when she becomes friends with Sarah, but when Sarah tires of Charlie and looks for a new friend, their relationship takes an ominous turn. It is very ominous. It's a super compelling film, very realistic the way these teenagers interact I think it's great. I really, I was really impressed. I think it's um, Melanie Laurent's directorial debut, but uh, I was really impressed by this film when I saw it six nice. years ago. Yeah. yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen it, but I, I've, I've heard of it and uh, have wanted to see it. So, yeah, I'd recommend yeah, that's it for I'm, sure. I'm looking forward to. Now, Laurent, she's not in the movie, is she? She only directed it. Correct. She only directed it. And she also was one of the three writers she wrote as well. Okay, sweet. Yeah, very good. All right, well, that'll take us to... A... Oh, did you have something else to say, uh, John? No, oh, I'm just scrambling to get my uh, social media stuff up here. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll preview uh, next week's episode. Um, so for this month, we're going to talk about our uh, our favorite first time watches for the, for the year, and next week are uh, my selections, and I've selected Canal, which was made in 1957 and directed by Andre. Was it Va- Vaja? Oh, Max, I believe it's Vaja. <laughs> we look this up. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll go with directed by Andre Vaja. Vaja. We'll, yeah. we'll correct it by the episodes. <laughs> yes. And my other pick is The Sword of Doom from 1966, directed by Kihachi Akamoto. And uh, so, yeah, join us next week. It's going to be a tremendous pair of uh, uplifting film experiences. Oh, I bet I bet it's going to be extremely uplifting. Probably heartwarming, too. <laughs> Absolutely. A gleam in our eyes afterwards and just like a nod of satisfaction and just content. You don't even need a blanket that night because you're just feeling so warm and cozy inside already. Mm. Right? Right? Is that what's happening? Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's not going to be grim? Nope. Well, interesting. All right. <laughs> Can't wait. All right, and John, are you, are you, are you ready? Oh, I'm ready. Oh. Go for it. You can follow us on Instagram at instagram.com slash semi underscore cinematic on Facebook at facebook.com slash semi cinematic pod, or you can email us at semi cinematic pod at gmail.com. And we're also semi cinematic and letterbox.com. All right. Tremendous. 
All right. Well, that brings us to the end. Uh, Thanks for listening and uh, have a good week. Have a great week, guys. I'll see you guys next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.